Hey everyone, Kevin here. Just want to talk to you for a second about Potomania. Now, Potomania isn't the only show that we have. No, no, no. It is a part of the larger Potomania Broadcasting Network, where me and some of my friends get together and make podcasts about things that we're passionate about. Uh, one of our my newest show, which you can find, which you can find weekly every Friday wherever you get your podcasts, is Fifteen Minute Folio where I get together and I talk about my favorite and sometimes perform some of my favorite selections from Shakespeare and the Shakespeare canon. For all those Shakespeare junkies, and even if you're not, give it a listen. It's only 15, it's only 15 minutes or less, or sometimes a little more, depending. Um, so it won't take up too much of your time. Uh, the other shows we got coming, the one with the rewatch, where a show rewatch podcast with me and my wife kim where we watch and talk about friends our favorite show and we have a whole bunch of other shows for you so do me a favor when you have time check out schofieldstreet.com slash pbn it has all our shows and all the other exciting things happening on the potomania broadcasting network thank you It's Podomania, starring Kevin and Sam. Podomania was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Potomania. Brand new episode, brand new season. Season two, episode one. Last uh, season, we were all about wrestling, and this season, we are all about television. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I'm Kevin, and I'm here with Sam. I'm I'm, I'm Sam. We're doing TV? Oh, I... Oh, I... Oh. Oh man, I, 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 I thought we were doing. I really thought we were doing the radio this season. We're not doing the radio. Uh, no, no, uh, we're doing uh, uh, visual radio, uh, as they call it. Uh, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't oh shoot! Know. Well, I'll see if I can come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the fly. Yeah, I just had a lot of notes on. Uh, the War of the Worlds and uh, the Shadow, mm. and uh, that's it. Yeah, and uh, you know, Superman uh, plays. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those. Mm -hmm. So, well, oof. put something together. Yeah, uh, I hope they come back for episode two because this is going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we get into it, today's topic is uh, top five TV pilots. Um, not really much to preamble about um other than uh you know it, it's it's funny going through this list and seeing some of the older shows compared to a lot of the newer ones and just seeing how much more and you don't even have to go that far back in time um to see how much more 
investment companies are putting into television um yeah tv shows like you know back to the you know early 2000s it's like you know it's a string budget and like special effects are good but you know not that great um and then you go to something like game of thrones and mm-hmm. uh, or you know the good place or something like that where it's like you know like okay they they invested a lot of money and they got like big time actors uh they're not like tv actors um um so it's just funny how how the prestige around television shows now has kind of grown um and the quality has grown and in movies it's kind of been stagnant um so it's funny i mean it's it's been the talking point i feel like the last 20 years that tv is you know better than television but um i mean it's it's still kind of (laughs) true there's a lot of really good tv um there's also a lot of trash tv but you know we're not talking about um there's always been trash tv but the uh but the ceiling has gotten higher yes the the area in which tv has gotten much better has gotten to such greater heights uh, almost movie quality on a weekly basis. And yeah, there's some movies that I'm like, this is like TV movie of the week. Right. <laughs> like you put money into this and put <laughs> millions of dollars on this? I'm like, all yeah. right. How much did you pay Halle Berry? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I chose... I, I, Apologies to anyone or if Halle Berry, she happens to be listening, uh, which Halle, hey, give me a call. Um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I just randomly attacked Halle Berry. Because, because you're still bitter about Catwoman. You know what? I think that's what it is because I saw an article today. It was actually this morning. I didn't read it. I was just scanning through and the headline was Halle Berry says Catwoman is still her favorite superhero. And, I'm, and I was just like, wow, really bold, sticking to that whole, you know, first of all, not really a superhero. Second of all, <laughs> I mean, you're really, you're really holding on to that thing, aren't you? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, all right. I would not, I would not remind the world that I did that movie at all. No, maybe remind them like, hey, I was Storm, you know. Yeah. Although they, they would remind, like, oh yeah, you were Storm in those movies made by that uh, that Brian Singer guy. The oh, ooh. it's like, yeah. oh yeah, let's make fun of the time I did Catwoman. Yeah, and that yeah, lead and into you, anything bad. And the ones that Brian Singer didn't do, she wasn't. Remember who, remember who directed Last Stand? Oh Brett yeah, Ratner. Brett Ratner. He's got a stellar reputation. Yeah. Good old rush hour guy. <laughs> He's a family man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. So our topic today for our first episode, I and I I I mean I originally thought about just doing starting off with a very general like favorite TV shows, but since it's the first episode of this season and it's a new topic, uh I thought pilot was better and 
and I just uh, I, I was thinking either pilot or like cliffhanger episodes, and you said pilot was better, so we went pilot, and I, I figure at some point we're gonna do an episode on our favorite overall TV shows. Uh, but for this one, I had a very specific criteria of just focusing on the pilot and not where does the show go mm -hmm. so much as is did this pilot hook me? Yes. You know, and how, how, how good did it want me to keep going? And also like, okay, on its own merits, does this stand up as a, you know, separating it from the rest of the show yeah does it uh stand up as a really really great episode of television even if it's not a pilot um so there are some on this list that are shows uh that i'm kind of like oh it you know my attitude the show, towards the show is it's it's okay um so they're not necessarily my favorites but the pilots are really good um uh and then there of course there are some on here there's half of them that are really close shows that are personal favorites of mine um so uh yeah i found myself doing a similar thing too where it's a mix of there's a few that would be on my mount rushmore of shows and there are others that are like the pilot's good but you know i can't necessarily vouch for the rest of the series yeah like this and, might be this might be the apex mountain this might be as good as it gets yeah and there are some shows that i really like that are those shows where the pilot's okay and the show is one of my absolute favorites but it's like oh it, it takes a few seasons until it finds its footing like the office yes uh, or parks and rec is actually the better example um, yeah First season of Parks and Rec is a little tough to get through. Yeah. Uh, but, and and say, and Friends, Friends is my absolute favorite show. Um, and, but the pilot is very kind of like, eh. And I mean, part of it is it just, it's so dated. Like it's so stuck in the nineties. Um, but also just as a general show, it's like, it's like, eh. So there's a lot of shows that I really love that are, they don't really get going until like later in the season when they finally figure out like what kind of show they want to be um, mm -hmm. like Parks and Rec and like The Office. For me, the whenever I rewatch actually The Office or Parks and Rec, I usually don't even watch the first seasons of either. No, show. why bother? Yeah, I just start on like season two or, you know, further into season two. That's usually where I start. Um, for both of those shows, because I feel like that's when it really gets good. Uh, so some of my favorite shows, just I knew right away I wasn't going to consider because I <laughs> I know they fell into that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, on that same point, um, one of my favorite shows of all time, Slings and Arrows, mm. just just one of my absolute favorites. The pilot is easily the weakest episode yeah and i can't i mean i i i would recommend that show to any of any of my theater friends and but you have you got, a, you you got have. us i have and you got to slog through that first episode yeah 
And it's not a bad episode, but in comparison to the rest of the series, it's not even close. Yeah. It's just, it's like, I mean, it's a, it's a downer. Like you have to, if you would just watch that as a solid block of television and you'd have to wait another week to see episode two, I don't think you'd do it. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, in my opinion, seal the deal. It has a weird ending, uh, but it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't do it. As opposed to my list, good or bad uh, for the rest of the series, the pilots hook you in. They demand your yeah. attention. There's a, you know, the classic storytelling of a call to action. And by the end, you are sold on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually my number one is a great example of boy this pilot is just amazing and the show itself is really good but as it went on season to season it started declining in quality to the point to where at the end it's got it the ending is so bad i was i i, I just haven't watched it really <laughs> i heard it from everywhere like what it was and i was like oh that's terrible um so it's one of those shows where like it's the opposite of my earlier thing where like I'll watch it from the beginning and then halfway through I'll just be like all right I'm done. I'm, I'm not watching yeah. further. This is where it ends for me right here. This is the series finale. <laughs> um so not a good closer but I, my number one is a definite like I knew right away it was my number one. Um, wow. Yeah. Now well, did I'm you rewatch any of these when you were making your list? Did you bother to go back and re-watch them and compare them i had to uh for the most part yeah unless there's a few on here that are tattooed onto my brain but for the most part i had to um i had to do some heavy research a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of tv watching yeah in the, in the past few days to remember because i would because because if you you know pilots are like the first episode yeah it's probably years since i've seen this this specific piece of tv unless it's one of those shows that you rewatch over and over again i needed to be reminded of the overall feel and i needed to be reminded was this as good as i remember it and in some cases they were but i was surprised how in how in many cases they weren't yeah yeah i i rewatched about half of my list about three of the shows um really the top three i rewatched, um especially my the the two episodes i was considering for the one and two position uh because i want i really wanted and i kind of watched them one after another and how i knew my number one was my number one was after i watched what is my number two i went and i you know a few hours later i came back and i re and i watched the pilot for my number one and then I was like, I want to keep watching. And then I watched episode two, <laughs> three, and then four. And then I was like, all right, this is <laughs> I, like it hooked me. Like just watching it, I was watching it for a specific purpose. And <laughs> I just ended up just watching the show. And I kind of forgot after a while, like, oh, that's right. I was, I was supposed to watch other episodes. But <laughs> um, so that's why I was like, all right, it's definitely number one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, same thing for my number one. It did the same thing where I definitely wanted to keep going for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions? Any ones that just missed out? Um, yeah. 
Uh, aside from the fact that I feel like there's there's some standard, you know, really good shows that I didn't have on my list because one, they are so popular, it's possible they're on your list. Yeah. So I didn't want to repeat. But I want to at least mention the fact that I'm aware of. I'm aware of great shows like Breaking Bad, great show, great pilot. Mm -hmm. Mad Men, good show, good pilot. I just don't want the internet to hate me. Justified. Justified I have not seen Justified. Justified, like, oh my word, what a pilot. That one, it, oh, I'm, I just, I haven't rewatched that. I might go rewatch it today if I take the time. And I'll probably be kicking myself for not putting it on the list because at least my memory tells me that was a terrific episode from beginning to end. Right. Justify with Timothy Oliphant. So good. Um, Dexter, Pushing Daisies. I just want to mention these. Dear Internet, I'm aware these are great shows and they <laughs> have great starts. Don't come at me. Um, among my personal favorites that I left off the list, Heroes. Mm. As one of the great pilots. That is a good one. That is a really good one. And, and it, is a, it is a classic case of this is a great start, and then it just proceeds to get worse from there. Yeah, uh, it, ha it has like the J.J. Abrams effect of like, yep. boy, this starts out really great. It's like yep. long. Like, boy, this is great. And then it's like, oh, you're, you're going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where, well, that's different. Like, oh, that's not where I thought it would go. Okay. Oh, weird. Oh, this is not good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the general trend of anything J.J. Abrams does. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, unfortunately. And I like yeah. it. Um, yeah. another I'm glad you brought up Mad Men and, Bra yeah. Mad, uh, and Breaking Bad because I've seen both of those pilots, but I have not followed up on watching the rest of the series for either of those. And both of them were great but they didn't really entice me to keep watching. Oh, um, um, great. And I want to go back and watch it, but they, they both feel like such an emotional, like investment, an additional like time of like, Oh, it is. It is. It is uh, in my opinion, uh, just to be a friend here, if you, between the two breaking bad, for sure. Mm. If you're gonna, if you're gonna pick one of one of those two, yeah. Breaking Bad is the, I mean, the show. Brian Cranston just puts on a clinic of just terrific transformational acting. Vince Gilligan's writing is terrific from episode to episode. And you, it is one of the, one of the early on shows that people, you know, with the, in the DVD era, just binged and burnt through with Netflix. It is, yeah. I can't recommend that show enough. Yeah. And it's not uh, on my list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um, terrific. I had, yeah, I had a huge list, and I was able to narrow them down to eight um, from too many to count. Um, some ones I uh, didn't miss that missed out, and I was like, oh no, it was uh, Watchmen. Um, yeah. Mainly because I haven't finished the series. <laughs> oh my word. I've seen the first two episodes 
Oh. And it's it's just for, for me, it was a I was watching I started watching it during the pandemic and around a little bit after the George Floyd stuff protest oh, no. of <laughs> like I'm just having too much of heavy things in my life right now. Yeah. Um, so I I, I need <laughs> I needed something with a laugh track. So I was like, I just, I'll come back to it when I'm in a, when myself and, and the world is in a lighter place, then I'll delve into this really dark exploration of, you know. The, yeah, for sure. You, you made I, the right choice. Yeah. Um, other things. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Battlestar Galactica, but I figured technically it's pilot was a mini series. So I figured and, the, and I'm talking about the reboot, uh, the, um, right. the sci-fi channel reboot, because um, its pilot was a miniseries, and I love the miniseries. I've seen it over and over and over, probably more than the sh the actual show. Um, but, I mean, that's multiple episodes, so <laughs> I figured that didn't right. count. Uh, the Doctor Who reboot, uh, I considered, but I figured technically it's still following the same continuity so it wouldn't be the pilot um yeah. the pilot for this new era of who but so i could kind of argue it into there but ultimately i was like hey, it's it's good it's still not like really hooking on to me um yeah no that's I the that's it, but. that's an example of the inverse where the start is possibly the weakest part and it takes absolutely. off there. Oh, absolutely. Especially that first season. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when I, I was able to narrow everything down to eight, and the three that just missed out, like just, just missed out, uh, Futurama, because oh, yeah. that, that pilot is set, it sets everything up. It sets the comedy, the type of comedy it's going to be. It's, it, it, it it shows that it's complete, even though it's Matt Groening, it's a completely different type of show than The Simpsons. And it goes in all these weird places that's really cool. And um, I think it's a really solid, you know, opening to a long running series. Um, Game of Thrones, I considered, mm -hmm. um, but I kind of, and I hate to do this, but it was like, oh, well, they had they had the books. And because they were so, and there's like one or two in my top five that has, that is adapted from something else. Um, but because they so, they, they held so closely, especially in the first season, to yeah. what was in the books, uh, I was like, well, that's kind of, I mean, this thing was already tested and basically... For like so many years as a successful story you just you know casted it right and had all the money in the world uh, yeah so i was like yeah kind of knock it off and this other one this was gonna be on my list but i can't get past the person who created it uh firefly um oh yeah uh, it, it's an amazing show but like all my and I, I was such all of Joss Whedon's shows, um, with the exception of Dollhouse. Um, I was a yeah, that's more of a red flag. That that one was okay. I really wanted to love it more, but it was just 
I don't know. There were just so many things around it. And yeah, <laughs> looking back, that's a total red flag, that entire show. Um, yeah. And I, I can still watch the shows and enjoy them, um, but there's still some sting of like, and Firefly is such a good show. And that pilot, you watch that pilot because you hear like, oh, it got canceled after like, what, nine, nine, ten episodes? And then you watch the pilot and it's like, wait a minute, why did this get canceled? This is amazing. And you realize, oh, studio didn't like that pilot. So they made him make a second show, a second pilot. And he wasn't able to convince them to have the original pilot. So the original pilot aired last in the show after it had already been canceled. Um, and episode two actually was the original pilot. But if you watch them in production order, the pilot is amazing. And it, it, it has so much heavy lifting in terms of, it's like eight characters. It's a science fiction world. So you got to do all the world building. You got to set up who all these characters are what their character arcs are going to be. And there's like eight or nine of them. So it's, it's so hard to like set up all those different avenues for a TV show. Um, but ultimately it's Joss Whedon. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, yeah. So, so without further ado, let's get started with our top five TV pilots. Um so uh did you want to go first or do you want me to go first um yeah i'll go first just because i have to slide in one more honorable mention okay atlanta oh i haven't seen that but i really i so want to that pilot and that show is terrific Mm. um just talk about going from inciting incident to moving forward it's it's an experience it feels like it feels like, uh, I don't know, it's both set in a world, but also manages to almost be its own anthology series all at the same time. It's really interesting. Oh, wow. wow. It has, it, it, um, it really, it's not really bound by any sort of rules. It's really an interesting, creative, compelling, well-acted show. Nice. Uh, and it's not just Donald Glover, the entire cast, Lakeith Stanfield, everybody's great. So nice. I had to give that one a mention. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's, I think I've, I think I've uh, padded up my uh, uh, list enough so that the internet doesn't hate me. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see because my number five pick will get the internet to hate me. Um, Wait, because it is your number five or because it's only your number five? um no because it is my number five okay i just because i know i don't know i feel like this is uh this is definitely a a a central to me pick um my number five for pilots is studio 60 on the sunset strip Mm. and i wanted to make a lame joke of saying calling it studio 60 on the sunset strip Take a left past Maple, east end of town. <laughs> um, this is Aaron Sorkin's TV show that he did after the West Wing. Yeah. It is fast moving, funny, network movie 
loving pilot. It even mentions network in the movie, in the in the pilot. Uh, it introduces you to a world you know, but you don't know. A fictional alternate SNL that's, that's by episode's end. The studio is run by Matthew Perry and Brad, Bradley Whitford. Amanda Peet is a natural with Sorkin's dialogue. She keeps right up with Sorkin's usual cast of familiars, Felicity Huffman, Matthew Perry, Bradley Whitford, and Timothy Busfield, to bring us into the walk and talk world of broadcast television. The show manages to get you to root for our heroes that we've just met, who of course refuse the call to action when they are first asked. And they convince you that you wanna, you wanna see how they'll survive the chaos producing the show, please their bosses, and manage to keep their personal lives intact. So it is, despite the fact the rest of the series is definitely lower in quality, it was canceled after one season. Yeah. It is a banger of a pilot. It is just momentum, momentum, stellar cast, great yeah. dialogue, and you want to know what happens next. Yeah. So that's my number five. Uh, as you know, Kevin, I'm a big Sorkin fan. This won't be the last time I say Absolutely. the name. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, as as much as I tried, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So well, that's my, that's my number five. I remember seeing this advertised and wanting. It was one of those shows like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta DVR that, and then I'm like, oh, when's it on? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, the first episode already aired. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, I, I don't, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how many episodes we're in. And then like, I tried to catch in and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, <laughs> these characters. And I was like, you know yeah. what? Maybe, maybe I'll wait until the first season's over. And then when season two starts, in, in the break between season one and two, I'll watch the whole season one and then I'll start get in on season two. And then it was canceled. And I was yep. like, all right, well, I just won't watch that. <laughs> uh, although maybe i should because that's uh because uh some of aaron sorkin's uh lesser known work is amazing and this isn't anywhere on my list but i anytime i get the chance to plug the show sports night if you have not seen it yeah watch sports night if you are a fan uh really of just good tv <laughs> sports oh, that that is that is a that is an example again of a good pilot too. At the end, when he's got his son on the phone, yeah. he said, "You're gonna want to turn on the TV because you're gonna see something that you're gonna see somebody do what no one's ever done before." Yeah. And man, if Peter Krause doesn't have the ability to make me choke up almost every time. I know. I he's know. so and, good. Yeah. Everyone... You want to make a good pilot? Put Peter Krause in. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, the, yeah. The other problem with Studio Six came out at the same time as Thirty Rock, and everyone was confused by what uh, what shows what. Yeah. <laughs> and they were kind of the inverse. Thirty Rock's pilot episode was probably its weakest, and then just took off from there. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, how about big stars and yeah, How about you? What's your uh, what's your number five? Okay, Does it have directions five. in the title? Number five is going to surprise a lot of people who know me. Um, but when I explain why it's in here, 
it'll make total sense. My number five is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm. Now, I am not a Trekkie or a Trekker or whatever they prefer to be called. Um, you know, in the classic like Star Wars or Star Trek, I'm clearly Star Wars. I'm not. I don't like I'll enjoy some of the movies. Wrath of Khan's great. Um, that's really the only one I've seen. Uh, <laughs> the reboots I thought were were fun. Um, Star Trek Beyond was probably my favorite. Um, but I'm, I'm totally not a Star Trek guy. Um, but randomly, and th it was like senior year of high school going into uh, college, uh, junior college, uh, my first year of junior college. Uh, it, it was my first time of like, oh, I can pick and choose when I have classes and then just come home. And it was just, wow, I have a lot of downtime, especially during the summer. I was like, I have a lot of downtime. And, and I was like, oh, I can watch all these great shows. And then it was my first realization of, oh, Monday through Friday in the middle of the day, middle of the day, there's like nothing on TV. Um, and but on, I believe, I believe it was still TNN. We might have changed to Spike TV. I'm not too sure. They were showing like just mass reruns of Star Trek, um, one after another. And I just randomly left the TV on, and the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine came on, and I was like, all right, whatever. And I got hooked. And it <laughs> is the only Star Trek show. Now I haven't seen the entire series. But I've seen a few seasons of it. I've seen like three or four seasons, and or maybe more. I, I can't I can't be too sure. It never hooked me like really completely, but all the other Star Trek pilots I've ever watched, including the original to the original series, never really got me to be like, all right, I gotta this is great. And it's entertaining and it's amazing. And I just want to see who these characters are. I want to know more. This is the only one that actually hooked me. And I'm like, this is, and maybe it's because it's different because it's not on a star cruiser. It's on a space station. So it's kind of, there, there, there's this almost like, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say about it, but it, it's like the same location mostly the same locations every episode which i thought was a and it was darker there was a darkness to it mm. and it and it opens with the main character uh is the captain of the space station and and he has this bad history with captain picard because captain picard and i didn't know anything about star trek next generation but i knew because it was in like you know all the ads and stuff that at some point Captain Picard turned evil and turned into one of the Borgs or whatever. So I knew that. And the start of this episode is, you know, Captain Sisko having a grudge against him, uh, against Picard, because when Picard was evil as the Borg, he killed his wife. Um, wow. And there's that darkness and he has a son and this whole thing of like, this added aspect of, uh, of this single grieving widow father and his, you know, becoming a teenager son and the dynamics of that 
in a Star Trek show. I was like, oh, this is different. And it hooked me. And all the characters hooked me. And it, it kind of had this Cold War feel to it. Hmm. Because there are all these warring sides that were at war, but now they're not. So there's this shaky piece and any small thing could trigger it. And you have all these people who are kind of in the middle trying to just make everyone play nicely. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I at first wasn't going to put it on there, but I was like, if the fact that I can't get into any Star Trek except this one um, is any indication of anything, then I have to have it on because it's the only Star Trek show that I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll watch that. I love that show. And the pilot itself is really strong. And it's kind of contained too. You can watch the first, I believe it's, it might be a two-parter, but you can watch those first two episodes and, and never watch anything else again. And it's, it's great. It's amazing storytelling. Um, wow. So number five. That is interesting. You yeah. just about got me sold on that. And I'm, I'm not interested in Star Trek at all. The only, only Star Trek I've really watched is the, is the reboots. Those yeah. ones. I thought were cool, but uh, I had no no intention of watching anything. You know, yeah. As much as I like, uh, I do like Patrick Stewart, but uh, I can't do it. Or the or the great uh, the, the great William William Shatner. Look, <laughs> you almost said that in a Shatner way. The great, the great William Shatner. Yeah, the man who uh, the man who made the song Rocket Man his own. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. He really, I hear that's, it's, it's sad, but I do hear that song. And the first thing I think of is William Shatner uh, and not Elton John. It's going to be a long, long time. <laughs> um, so number four, what's your number four? Oh, my number four is a show we have mentioned earlier, and I do not disagree with what you said about it. Um, my number four, it's pilot. I remember it being better than it is, but it's still a really good pilot. The show is Lost. Ah, this one. Did you uh, did you happen to rewatch this one? I did not. Okay, I felt I remember it being better than it was, but it's still a pretty compelling show. Uh, I do remember it being off, pretty good, like the pilot, like being really, you know, has all the classic like J.J. Abrams stuff of like mystery mm -hmm. box and you know like it is really like it really hooks you and then yeah oh yeah that's the, and that's the thing um about the show is it 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 it's one of the good things about shows that draws you in it's less of a tv show especially the pilot but really the overall show look it's more like a movie especially yeah. the cinematography and the music yeah yeah the music is what really i had to be reminded of was one of the stars of that show is how good that music is in lost yeah and how each character has their own theme and there's a bunch of characters on this show yeah there's yeah so much thought into into the show lost and it's it had it means that you've got this gorgeous island You've got this terrible disaster. You've got this show that it starts off with, it's just goal to goal. You know, that's just the next thing you need to do in order to survive. 
just get clear of the crash. Then sew up your sew up a wound. Then find some shoes. Just these simple fundamental things. Yeah. But then mid episode, it becomes a series about questions. What was that? Where are we? Why did something like this happen? You know, then you get introduced to what you eventually will know is the smoke monster. Yeah. And and just realizing, oh, we're not only unstuck on an island, we're stuck somewhere and we don't know where we are. Yeah. And you want to find out how could something like this happen? This is the for all the craziness about JJ Abrams shows, this show was complete on day one. It knew what type of show it was. It didn't have to find itself. Yeah. And it does a good job of grabbing you and not letting you go. Yeah. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, I really haven't watched much of it, to be perfectly honest. I did watch the pilot. It was just a long time ago. And I remember being like, great. And then just never watching anymore. That's yeah. why I didn't put it on my list. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it. Like I said, as much as I want to like trash on J.J. Abrams, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to because I, I, there's a lot of stuff I really love of his. I love Super 8. I know a lot of people hate it. Uh, oh, I love Super 8. But I love Super 8. And, and he's really good at setting up worlds. He's very good at that. Um, and doing it in a very appetizing way and really you know when i think about it that's like the first show of its kind of other shows that come before it that did that kind of thing but in america anyway that's the first show of its kind to be like this is a t this is a movie spread out over 22 episodes or however many it had in the first yeah episode. um uh, you know other shows various shows a lot of the joss whedon shows and stuff like had that like there's one long overarching story and mystery to this whole season to this whole show and things like that a lot of british shows have done that in the past but this is the first one that's like you know had the budget behind it and had the look and the and and the investment uh to it that made it like this is more than just a tv show kind of feel and it was yeah. on network tv it wasn't on like something like hbo or, or showtime yeah, that was the incredible thing about yeah about Lost is it was every week and every week I was at the edge of my seat going what I oh, uh, oh. and I missed that feeling. Yeah, say yeah. what you will about the flaws of that show, I missed that feeling of a show being able to get me on the edge of my seat and just blow my mind by the end of it. Yeah, that's why that's why I really loved uh, when uh, Wandavision came out a, a few months ago. Because uh, mm -hmm. it was the first time in a long time where it was like, oh, you got to wait. And like, here's this mystery and all these theories of like, uh, mm, I don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, good number. That's a solid number four. Um, I'm curious though, what's your number four? Number four for me, this one I did not rewatch, but it's imprinted in my memory. Mm, um, that's a good sign. It's and it's a show that kind of wanders um, in terms of its quality, um, and I know how you feel about it, particularly the ending. Um, but the pilot is so good, and it set the table for modern superhero television shows. Like every single modern superhero television show stands on the shoulders 
of Smallville. Yes. Oh, what a good pilot. Pilot is so good. You're introduced to all the things you need. Uh, you, you run through all the, the basics of Superman's origin without it feeling like, oh God, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta hear Superman's origin again, you know, because it's such a cultural thing of, even if you'd never heard of Superman, like you can say like, oh yeah, he comes from Krypton and lands in Kansas and, you know, grows up in Smallville. Like everyone mm -hmm. knows that much at least about Superman, even if you don't know where you've heard it from. Um, but Smallville is able to do in that pilot, put all that out in a very dramatic way that also doesn't feel like it's just going through the paces of we're telling this part of the story because we have to kind of thing. If it, it all feels natural and organic. Um, and for me, the greatest Lex Luthor we have ever had, and I think we ever will have, um, Michael Rosenbaum being on the show and the great, and, and it's, it was in the comics here and there, but never really a solid thing. The great idea to just make it that he and and Clark were best friends. Yeah. It's such a great thing. And to tie them into each other. And the whole, and again, like we were talking about with Lost, having that mystery thing. The mystery of how did, Le of Lex just being so obsessive. And it works into who he becomes too, of Lex Luthor, this guy who's obsessed with Superman of this early on in his in his in his uh, in his life he survives a car crash and he cannot let it go he cannot yeah. understand why he is obsessed with why he survived he doesn't he doesn't care that he did or that like ooh i should be dead i i got to like embrace life and do something it's like no i'm obsessed with why why did i survive and he just doesn't let it go which of course runs straight into you know clark trying to protect the secret and i also love the idea that he's developed things he doesn't have all his powers yet i like the yeah. idea he's super fast and super strong and he's weak around kryptonite which he doesn't know is kryptonite um but like the heat vision the super breath x-ray vision and even the being indestructible thing hasn't happened yet and they make it very clear in that episode, that's the first time he he has demonstrated that he is invulnerable to pain. Like when he goes to his parents in the barn and is like, and they're trying to tell him like, it's normal, you're normal. And he's like, I'm not normal. What about this? Is And he turns on like one of the wood chipper and is like, is this normal? And he sticks his hand in it and they rush over him to like get it out. And they're worried about him. And then it's like, he hasn't got a scratch on him. Um, I love that idea that he doesn't just have all his powers at once. Um, and, and they treat it with such realism in terms of how someone, cause he doesn't know he's an alien. He's just Clark from Kansas and they treat him as such. So they, they treat it as like, what if a kid from Kansas, you know, being a teenager discovered that, you know, he had the powers of Superman. <laughs> Like, yeah. freak you out. You'd be totally freaked out. Yeah. You wouldn't know what to do. Um, and then if you find out you are an alien, like, he knows he's adopted, but he he didn't know, like, 
<laughs> adopted from parents that aren't of this world kind of thing. <laughs> um, and the pilot, and there's not even a villain in the pilot. I mean, there is, but it's a, like a monster of the week type of thing, but it kind of doesn't matter. It like everything's set up so well and all the characters and it's such a great, like it, it hooked me so early on. I was like, I need more of this in my life. And honestly, even through it's why through all the ups and downs in terms of questionable story directions that they went through, through the years, all the way up to the very disappointing, we see him in the suit for like three seconds. Uh, of the mirror at the end is like okay that's very disappointing to wait 10 years and get that that's the you know 10 uh, years of my life yeah and it's very disappointing and it's very but when i think of the pilot and watching that for the first time it i'm just like that's why i stuck with this for 10 years the promise yeah. of that episode and it's still there like even though i know where it goes and I know the ending is a little disappointing. I'm like, ah, but it's still good. I, I, I and it, it, it's contained in its own. Like, if 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 you were doing a superhero, like a Superman origin movie, like a Superman Begins type of thing, like a Batman Begins, but for Superman, yeah, delved into like really before he put on the suit. You cut this episode down, and and then you add some stuff at the end with him finally in the suit battling someone like that's a perfect super superman movie yeah um it's what they should have done with man of steel i love man of steel don't get me wrong uh i'm one of the few people who does and but i thought when they were doing a new superman movie like oh yeah just do what smallville did like take that approach to it um but no i was like we want it gray and you know yeah <laughs> But yeah, Small is a terrific pick. That is a great one. That's one that, yeah, just thinking about it, it is a, it's almost like the, uh, the it's the equivalent of Lay's potato chips in TV form where you cannot just have just one. Oh, yeah. That pilot is so addictive, you got to watch episode two. That entire series, because almost yeah. uh, for the fact of the formula, yeah. until you get sick of the formula, it's habit forming. Yeah, absolutely. The monster of the week is kind of fun because you get to figure out, okay, who's the monster of the week this time? Yeah. Until, you know, I mean, it's kind of a bummer when one of them is a football coach that can, I think, make fire come out of the sprinklers at one point. Yeah, he um, likes to control fire and stuff. Right. But, uh, I mean, along the way, you get, like, uh, some really good co-stars. I think Amy Adams shows up at one point. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great. And yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of great young actors that uh, come out of that first season. And, and Tom Welling just yeah. terrific. He's terrific. And the best Ma and Pa Kent you could ever ask for. Oh, for sure. Like on that show, I was like, oh, this is why Superman becomes is this beacon of like all of what is good in humanity it's because of this couple like he just randomly ran into and they aren't perfect either but you completely understand where he gets all his his human generosity from and oh yeah where he gets all of his principles so, from and it's believable it's not just like a 
oh, this couple doesn't really exist. It's like, no, I believe that couple exists. And yeah. Yeah. It, I could go on and on about it, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, another great, especially uh, John Schneider, the man who's uh, perpetually always clearing his throat and putting his hand on Clark's shoulder. Uh, <laughs> but he is so good He's that so good. when I, I, there are certain episodes stuck in my head. Um, for those who've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you, and if, oh, yeah. if I'm, if I am spoiling. Yeah. Smallville at this point. I'm sorry. It's been. It's. I. I think I think a, we've waited long enough, right? Yeah. I believe it was episode 100. It was. When, yeah. When Paul no, exactly dies. Yeah. Yeah. That funeral just wrecked me. I mean, when he yeah. died, I was like, "Oh man." I remember that being like a like, yeah, that really hit me too, and I think that was like a. Yeah, it was episode 100, and I think they went on a little break after that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I need that break. I need that break. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just wrecks you. It, it, and honestly, I forgot that in other, some iterations, because some iterations of, like, Superman stories, Ma and Pa Kent are both alive. And in others, Pa Kent died of a heart attack when he was a kid. And I forgot that that's an aspect of the story they could be putting in there. And then when it happened, I was just like, and when it happened the way it happened, I was yeah. like, and that ending when it has, I believe it's Peter Gabriel, um, I Grieve uh, over it, or a cover of it anyway, uh, over the funeral scene. It just, oh, it's so devastating. It's so devastating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Small. That's what I love about shows like Smallville. Yeah. Uh, I am fairly confident in this season that we talk about TV. Smallville is going to come up again. Me too. Me too. It has so um, many good standalone episodes. Um, yeah. I would be shocked in an episode that we talk about cliffhangers that Smallville doesn't come up. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that show knew how to start a season and it knew how to end a season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of stumbled in the middle sometimes, but like, yes. yeah, it it knew how to leave you hanging and wanting to come back for more. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, let's move on and let's applaud ourselves from talking about Smallville and never once talking about uh, a member of a cult. <laughs> oh, man. Man. <laughs> Can't there be? This is the, oh man! I know, right? I know, right? That, oh, I watched that documentary. She got so suckered into that thing. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no. I mean, there's no. There's no way around it. <laughs> oh man! It's like one of those. Like, well, maybe she wasn't as involved as you, as I thought in the paper. Then you watch it. It's like, oh, dang it! Yeah, according to eyewitnesses. According to what people who were there says, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. It sounds like she definitely got manipulated. She definitely got brainwashed. Yeah. Or they didn't like the word brainwashed. And you just get, I don't know, broken down. Yeah. And you are convinced that this is the way to be. Yeah. And then the way that whole thing was set up, you, uh, you're you become someone who does these terrible things to other people. Yeah. According to witnesses, don't no one 
according to what people have said. Oh, we're not a big enough show. We don't need to to have disclaimers before everything. Oh no, no. <laughs> we're about legal disclaimers. <laughs> no, Kevin, you, 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 I know you can't see me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm. Then believe me, we're a huge show. We're huge. <laughs> huge. So That's huge. It's you. season two. This is the premiere. <laughs> so many are listening. So many are listening to this. So I'm just, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just throwing out the disclaimers. <laughs> um, all right. Number three. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is oh, one of my personal favorites that I, I have rewatched. I want to say at least, at least three times. Wow. I think I've I think I've rewatched it at least three times. Uh, this is my this is my lone comedy on my on my list. Mm. Only because the show Chuck barely missed the list. I love Chuck. Wow. Um, both this show and this pilot is terrific. It is, in my opinion, Dan Harmon's masterpiece. <laughs> this is Community. Yeah. So a lot of people love Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, my opinion, it doesn't get any better than Community. I, I just yeah. I remember a few months back you were like rewatching the whole series and tweeting about it, and I remember being like, "I gotta get into that. I gotta start watching." I haven't <laughs> yet, but I, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go through my Twitter timeline, you can probably see when I've rewatched it because there's uh, there's a few solid years where that's all I'm <laughs> randomly tweeting about. It's like, oh, it's just so, oh, it's just so good. Um, I mean, it starts off with this. It's a Spanish study group that does anything but study Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You've got a bunch of great characters, one-liners. I mean, with the, with the pilot specifically, it's great how the line uh, Joel McHale uses with uh, Danny Pudi's character, Abed, and says, oh, I see your value now. I, aside from seeing the value of the flight time. Um, and just these, at, at the time was a, was a good line where Abed talks about, about his father's upset that his uh, business isn't doing well. Because 9-11 was also the 9-11 of the falafel business. <laughs> and, uh, and the pilot gives this great, is the first of many monologues that Joel McHale gives. Uh, my summary of it is, we are the only species that observes Shark Week. <laughs> this pencil isn't important, but if I give it a name, Steve, and then I break it, oh, a little part of us dies. <laughs> it's, just, he, it's just great writing like that. Other shows may say that they're a show about lovable losers, this one actually has them. Actually, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's actually, it is based on Dan Harmon's experience at a community college. And it shows us the different type of people that you find themselves at Greendale, yeah. which is the community college of community colleges. <laughs> and one, you've seen them all. Oh, and the thing is, this cast alone is reason enough to watch donald glover danny pudi yvette nicole brown gillian jacobs allison brie 
John Oliver. Mm. And the always easy to work with Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, I was waiting until you got to him. <laughs> Even he just is peach. good on this show. Oh, it's just it's such a it is a terrific show. And the pilot, though, and the and reason why it's only number three on my list is the pilot is good. It is not, it is more of a prologue, and it's not exactly. It is not exactly the way the show, what it would become. And it's, I mean, the pilot's good, it's memorable. And it gets you, gets you hooked into the show. Right. But it's totally different than the rest of the series. That's the only reason I would put uh, on three instead of number one, even right. though it is just, it's just so good. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, I wish I could add more, but uh, <laughs> you're making me want to go and watch it. Because um, oh. at some point I'm going to sit down and commit and just watch it. And it's only a half hour. That's the other, that's the other habit forming about community. It's a half hour. It's a great half hour in your app. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Okay. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is also a sitcom. Uh, oh, perfect. Really? Oh, uh, hmm. It's one of two sitcoms on my list. And it's a show that is very, eh, for me. Um, but the pilot, it was one of those shows, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. And I just randomly one day was like, I want to, I want to see, I just want to watch it. I want to see if I'm into it. And I was into it. And I watched it for uh, four seasons. And then I was like, Eh, I can, and then I just kind of fell out and I never finished. But it starts really strong and is one of the greatest, according to like TV historians and critics and so so forth. Uh, one of the, uh, it's usually on the, the best lists of TV sitcoms. Uh, Frasier. Um, now, Frasier. The, the pilot is so good. I mean, it, it lays out the style of comedy that it is. It lays out the who the characters are. Mm -hmm. And it does the good thing of like, because we know who Frasier is. We know Frasier Crane from, from Cheers. And it has the thing of trying to set up its own world that is different from Cheers. Um, so he's in Seattle now. He's not in Boston. And uh, you're meeting his dad, who he now has to live with, and his brother. Oh, yeah. And the whole thing of you're taking a guy who was very erudite and you know, uh, you know, quippy and stuff, you know, very the you know, in Cheers, and now you're giving him a brother that's twice that, if not more. <laughs> and yeah. and we're gifted the gift that is Niles Crane. Yes. Um, oh. and I remember watching, I just remember when it was airing every year at the Emmys, he would win for like, he would win for that, for that. Frazier would win as a show, but for best supporting actor, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm skipping on the name. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, it's one of those, uh, 
David something. Uh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> um, David Beckham. <laughs> um, oh God, what? It's going to bug me. Uh, David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce, yes. David Hyde Pierce. Uh, David Hyde Pierce, like, won almost every year. And I, in one episode, I found out, like, oh, I see why. I see why. <laughs> and, like, yeah. one of the first things you see of them is they're in their co- they're in a coffee shop, and they're sitting down. Fraser just sits down, and Niles just takes out this very fine napkin, uh, like, a uh, handkerchief, and just very, very just you know precisely wipes down the chair until he sits down and it's the physical comedy he puts into it is amazing (laughs) and having the title cards in between the segments of the show was kind of a cool thing of like what you know and for me the thing that really sells it is it's really funny it's different in that the guy is a psychologist and he, but also a radio host and he's got this crazy family and a father who doesn't seem like would be the type of father to, who would have two sons like this. At all. Uh, Not at all. And you know, the legendary, you know, uh, Barker lounger he's in and you know, mm-hmm. dog. Um, yeah. But, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie. And it's it's a thing where like it gets to that moment at the end and i love that they let the arguments between them be real they when it when it can be funny they let it be funny but if it's something that's real they let it be real and they don't worry about like oh it's a comedy we we, you know we got to keep it light and they touch on the fact that you know if you watched cheers you know, Frazier has a son and he moved across, across country and his son isn't present in this episode. It's not even mentioned until like the last 10 minutes, he's arguing with his father and he just lets it out where like the only thing he can think about in all the chaos that's happening in his life is that he can't see his son. His son is all the way across the country in Boston. And that's all he has been thinking about since he moved. And it's this real touching, like, great character moment of, like, you know, he can cut, because Frazier can be annoying, um, which is why they make Niles, like, twice as annoying. Um, (laughs) But having that moment really makes you, like, okay, this this is a guy I can invest in. This is a guy I want to know more about. And, you know, it is a great pilot of the comedy of a comedy show and if if you if and even though it was filmed you know when it was filmed not much of it is dated like some of it is but you can still watch it and not feel like you're you know watching an oldie kind of so to speak you know um it's good it's really good and i um yeah it's my number three that's a that's a great one um, I'm trying to remember, you you discussing the episode reminded me, I think this joke is in the first episode. What is it? Because uh, they have a fight over him, Frazier referring to his dad as a burden. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh no, I, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, I, oh yeah, you didn't mean it as an insult. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that before. Someone say, "Oh, that's a lovely burden you have there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's think a, a yeah. Show. Terrific show. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah All right, right, we're getting close. Number two. What's your number two? Number two. Uh, this is the one you were expecting me to say. Uh, this is Aaron Sorkin's actually really good show, The West Wing. Aha. Knew this was going to Yeah. You're just shocked this wasn't my number one, huh? I am. I am. I'm really shocked it's not your number one. I'm a little shocked, too. But my number one's really good. Um, Pilot-wise, this is the show that reminds us, first, that Robin Rob Lowe has always been funny. Yes. Yes. That that also with his uh, with his storyline, it reminds us that we used to use beepers. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Alice and Janney has perfect comic timing. Oh my god, she is amazing in that show. John Spencer is a treasure in every scene. Mm -hmm. The guy just he embodies integrity. His character of Leo is just he's just crazy. It's great. Hey, that's what the West Wing is the other show that I've rewatched that more often than I've watched uh, rewatched Community. Um, it's an almost it's an almost annual event. Yeah, it is just such a great show. And the pilot, uh, it's the reason it's number two is because it's not necessarily quite the formula that it would become. Yeah, because it was a different show. This was a show that was supposed to solely focus on the staff and occasionally feature the president, played by Martin Sheen, yeah. who'd be there every couple episodes. Well, the problem is once they were done with that episode, Martin Sheen said, hey, this is really good writing. Uh, can I be in more episodes? <laughs> and, he, and he essentially becomes one of the main characters of the show. Yeah. And it's like, and, how do you say, no, Martin Sheen, you can't be in more of our television show? <laughs> yeah like who says that no one says that <laughs> and he's and he is he's terrific as the president he comes in at the end and reminds us which uh, commandment is the first of the ten mm -hmm. and it's, it's just it is so well written so well executed and so well directed by Tommy Shlami mm -hmm. the look of this show and the camera movements is what sets this apart um, from other shows on TV. It is because, as anyone knows, Aaron Sorkin specializes in people sitting in rooms and talking. Yeah. So the magic of the West Wing is Tommy Shlami's direction and giving life to what, what is essentially people talking. And it is compelling. And that's the, the, what has become classic sorkin thing yeah the walk and talk yeah yeah it's what it's what it's the standard at this point um along with the fact that it also gives us this story and this world gives us a white house we wish we had but we know we never will yeah oh yeah oh yeah it is this idealized america idealized both an idealized democrat and republican party that yeah. we wish was this smart, that we wish right? was this yeah. thoughtful, 
that's the sad thing of reality is mm -hmm. it, life is closer to Veep than it is to the West Wing. Um, it's political porn. That's what it is. It's just, <laughs> like, it's a nice. realistic, but holy Lord, do you love watching it? It's, it, you don't have to be, a, the, the parallel where it breaks down is uh, in a few ways is you don't have to be ashamed of watching it. Um, but, uh, it, def it definitely is a fantasy for sure. Yeah. But it is such a great ensemble and great writing. And by the end of it, just like President Bartlett, you're going to be asking, what's next? Yeah. And that's what a pilot's supposed to do. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it does. It, and you, and it just goes from there. But it's. And you haven't really even touched story. on my personal favorite. Um, the great, I feel like the king of Sorkin dialogue, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I think Aaron Sorkin, I think Bradley Whitford. Yeah, <laughs> for good I reason. Think, I think of him and I think of uh, Allison Janney. Those are the two I yeah. think. Because they handle his dialogue so perfectly. They make it poetry. You're you're exactly right. Um, Bradley Whitford's Josh is um, it's an show, but he's really the he, he essentially becomes the the viewpoint character. Yes, the audience. Um, yeah, I yeah I agree. He's um, he's definitely the most uh, definitely especially the near most, the end of the series. Yeah, for his detriment and for good, he is the most enthusiastic, the most uh i don't know what the word is zealous he also has right. they all have interesting stories but his mental health arc oh, is yeah. incredible oh, and yeah. his uh, his scenes with leo but i mean that's another show yeah how i pr i promise you and everyone i'll definitely be bringing up for many we might, reasons we, we might have to have a whole show on, on <laughs> 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 it's just oh it's such a i mean I can't say this enough. Great ensemble. Great ensemble. It's classic. Great I, yeah. I think when, I mean, it's become the synonym for uh, really good television. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, oh, we want to make the West Wing of this, of this genre. Yeah. Or like, I remember the show Tudors, which is a favorite of mine. Oh, that's a, that's a terrific show. Underappreciated. Absolutely. The creator said when he was approached about making a show like that, he he initially he he thought of like, well, if I'm gonna do something like this, I wanna make it like the West Wing. Because he's like, if if I'm gonna try and you know use another show to like build a new one, I should use the best show that's ever been made. And he said it's the West Wing. So yeah. You know, and you and if you watch the Tudors, you see lots of West Wing influences. Mm. And to that effect, I mean, most modern dramas have a little bit of West Wing in it, in terms of you know, qu there's that kind of like everything after you bears your mark because you were so great, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was your number two. Um, yeah, I'm right. curious. What's your number two? My number two is a fairly recent show, not too recent, because um, it uh, it ended recently, um, and I actually haven't watched the final episode because I'm too emotional 
to be like this is the end because oh no yeah i think i know what show it is and i'm telling you you gotta watch it it and it's also like i know what there's only one way it's gonna happen and i don't know if i can emotionally handle watching what i think is gonna happen uh it's the good place yeah the good place oh it's for me it's this marvel of a show i have no idea i I had no idea you could make a show like that Mm -hmm. you could make a show that is so damn funny that is so that gets you so emotionally involved in the lives of these characters that is that can be so silly and absurd while at the same time delving into really complex philosophical issues and really exploring them to their full potential in a way that's not too confusing and in a way that you know it it, at the end of it you you kind of feel like you've been in a philosophy class and you've just been convinced of like oh this is the this is the new moral way I'm going to live my life. This is the, this is my new definition of morality. You know, mm-hmm. if I ever need to tell someone like, if explain your ethics to me, I'll be like, just watch the good place. Um, you know, <laughs> and I mean, it's more complicated than that, but the first episode is so good and it opens in such a great way. And it's got a, an amazing cast, amazing cast. Oh, so good. I mean, the and the idea of casting the great, the the absolutely great Ted Danson. Like, yeah. As Michael, who, spoilers, if you haven't seen this show, spoilers, skip ahead. Yes. Yeah, don't, yeah. He... The, the idea casting him as the architect of the good place and then by the end of season one realizing he's actually the architect of the bad place of a bad place genius is because gen- no I, I no way would i expect him to be on it i i suspected at the from the very first episode that okay this isn't this can't be the actual good place mm-hmm. i feel like there's more to it than just you know Eleanor's reveal of who she is in that episode. I feel like there's got to be more to it than that. I feel like this should, but I had no idea that Michael would be in on it, that he would be the evil, because it's Ted Danson. Yeah, it, it, it's such perfect casting. It's like, like I remember hearing a story of when, uh, uh, when the mo- they were making the movie Once Upon a Time in the West, Henry Fonda is the bad guy in that movie. And he had the idea of, he's always played good guys. This is a guy who played uh, Lincoln and, you know, was played, he was, he's perpetually the good guy. He's Henry yeah. Fonda. And so he had the idea of like putting in like contacts to make his eyes kind of yellow and, you know, looking really menacing. And the director was like, no, I want, I'm going to do a close-up of you. And after you and all these goons have slaughtered this whole family out on the West, and, you know, I want the close-up to reveal, I want the audience to be like, holy crap, that's Henry Fonda. That's Henry Fonda that just did all that. 
Uh, and that's kind of exactly what happens with, with Michael. And to bring it back to just the pilot, it's such a great, first of all, I'd be fine if this is how the afterlife is. <laughs> like I would love <laughs> it. Uh, like the, the, the system they eventually come up with, I mean, in terms of how, how it goes. Um, if that's how, I just hope, yeah, I just hope I'd be not... fine with it. It, it, you know, it'd be like, okay, okay, I can live with that. Um, but the idea of, you know, setting it up and then waiting until the first act break to reveal that Eleanor isn't the Eleanor they think she is, mm -hmm. and that she's in the good place by mistake is such good storytelling and then to make the rest of it be about you know her trying to be good and all the ramifications of her being there when she shouldn't be it, it's an amazing setup and it just hooks you because and every episode it kind of every episode really is kind of a cliffhanger and and and, mm -hmm. and it really sucks you in i was re-watching this and then like I was, it was hard to just stop and be like, you know, I eventually came back to it and I was like, all right, let's keep watching The Good Place. And it's so good. And like I said, I have one episode to go. <laughs> and it's hard for me to just press the button and press play because I, it'll, it's just so emotional. I'm so invested in this and I don't want it to end. I don't, you know, I, and I, anyway, I could talk for a, I, like, like the West Wing, we could talk about Good Place all the time. Oh, good Places, I'm, it, I wish more shows were like that show. It is so well written, so well thought out. You could Absolutely. tell they had a plan from the beginning Absolutely. of what they wanted to do. And I and love, you love that. And you know that because you know why? They didn't screw up the ending. Yeah. Yeah. They do a good job. And, you, and I love just, shows like that that are like, we have a story to tell and we know how many it'll take this many seasons and mm -hmm. then we're just going to stop. Yeah. yeah. That's the story. You know, that's why a lot of British shows are great because they're not mm -hmm. focused on, it's like, no, this is the story and or then once it's done, we stop and we do another one. Uh, it's not like, Oh, this is great. Let's keep going for another five or six or seven years, just because it's like, no, we have a story, and this is how long it's going to take to tell. If it's only yeah. three seasons, then it'll be a three-season show. If yep. it's six, if it's seven, it'll be that, and then it's done. And that that makes amazing television. I wish more television would do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we have reached number one. Uh, I really, I, I was for sure like West Wing's got to be your number one. I have no idea what your number one is. I know. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not positive what your number one is either. Uh, I, I was pretty sure you wouldn't get it because uh, it's, it's not a, anyway, um, what's your number one? I really want to know. My number one is... Uh, it's about let's see here it's it's not an old show but it's not a new show it's about it started about i think around what 2015 something like that mm. 
Okay. And it gave us it gave us a excellent Christian Slater performance. And it gave us the gift that is Rami Malik. <laughs> I'm talking about Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. All Created right. by Sam Esmiel. Talk about somebody who knew what he was doing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is a an incredible show that is almost scary watching now how paranoid it is mm. and how he must have been Sam Esmiel must have been tapped into the worst part of the internet that we only know about now he yeah. must have known about it then because that's part of like the psychology that it starts with yeah and talk and it delves into conspiracy and computer hacking but ultimately it's an exploration of the human mind and mental health yeah and this is a show that completely passed by me so <laughs> oh i had a feeling it did yeah uh it is essentially rami malik his character elliot is essentially breaking bad and it's amazing to behold in another way yeah and he's this great computer hacker he's an antisocial misanthrope he is a hypnotic narrator protagonist mm. that dares you to root for him dares you to keep looking at the dark underbelly that's not too far from the surface of society if that okay if i haven't sold you on this i can sell it to you this way kevin in other words he's hamlet as a hacker oh you sold it you sold it he is so introspective he talks he his narration speaks to the camera um and i won't say anything more because to say anything more and the parallels to hamlet i would ruin the show um but there are definitely there he is his performance is amazing but the show is it is supported with a lot of good interesting stories it's dark um it's thought out but for me the show was Rami Malek and his performance as this guy who's admittedly anti-social he like Sherlock Holmes keeps track of the exact amount of drugs he's going to take to keep him from being an addict right that he's that always works yeah that always works <laughs> that it's just it's so incredible that that yeah the show mr robot may say f society but you'll find yourself saying i love this show it's that's just a, that's a great pitch and i mean you know i mean you know me so well comparing it to hamlet i got i gotta watch it i gotta watch it now <laughs> like yeah um, just for the just for the inner inner monologue alone it it is Sam Esmiel, because of the inner monologue of the character, he's almost, he really challenges the way we make and watch TV, in my opinion. Right, right. So that's my number one. I highly recommend I think I know what I'm going to download and uh, watch on the plane. Uh, yeah, you can get that. You can get off, that off of uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Oh, good. Great. Um, all right. What is your so, number one? I'm very my curious. My number one. 
Um, I will say this about my number one. Tonight's the night. And it's going to happen again and again. Dexter. My number one is Dexter. Very good. And this is the show I was telling you about where like, boy, the the way it goes at the end, and I haven't even watched it because it just, I I don't want to put myself through all that. Um, I'm excited that they're doing like a follow-up in terms of trying to be like, all right, that wasn't the great way to end. Let's try it. (laughs) Lumberjack. You know? Like, so, but the pilot and the whole first season, the entire first season is close to perfect. Season four of the show, in my opinion, is why the show goes off the rails. Because season four is absolute, it's perfect story, it's perfect mystery storytelling. Mm -hmm. And how do you follow up a perfect season you can't yeah you can't. you can't and they tried and they limped on for like five or six seasons like five season five six and seven eight um yeah. after that and you know so but everything up until then is amazing season one is amazing and i remember when i saw the pilot first of all this has a lot of heavy lifting to do in yeah. power, it has to show you that why the character of Dexter Morgan is a serial killer. Why does he only kill people who are killed or who are mm-hmm. killed? Why, like, what is his backstory? Why is he working for the police of all places? And then setting up all that, in addition to all the other characters in his life, you know, his girlfriend, his girlfriend's kids, their mm-hmm. whole situation, his his sister, co-workers at work, and then this mystery of a serial killer that's out, yeah. the ice truck killer. And he's and he knows where he lives, and he's leaving presents for him, and he's following him around. Who is this guy? It's a serial killer versus a serial killer, which is a very strange thing. And the idea that your hero is a murderer. Mm-hmm is so like how do you how do you sell an audience to buy in on that but they do yeah and and this is the the only the only way for me to truly explain why this is my number one and how great it is is a friend of mine back in 2008 maybe 2009 was selling me on this show might have been 2000 2009 2010 i don't know um and i had heard about it but never watched it and he had season one on dvd and he gave it to me said here you go why don't you hold on to it watch it and then we can talk about it and i was like all right <laughs> i took it he home gave you homework and i was like all right i'll watch it and i was like maybe i'll watch one and i remember that night my parents were out of town um I was in junior college, uh, or maybe, I don't remember, but I was living with my parents, and they were out of town, the whole house to myself, and I I came back, and I, I think it was like 8 o'clock, and I stuck in the first DVD, and I watched episode one, 
And then I was like, this is too good. I, I, I only wanted to watch one episode. But I was like, I have all, let me just watch one more. And I stayed up all night <laughs> watching every episode except the final one. <laughs> Straight through. I been, This is before binging was a thing. Yeah. I watched, I binged the entire season one on the strength of that pilot, with the exception of the final episode, because I was like, okay, I really got to go to sleep. And I went to sleep, you know, early that morning. And then I woke up and later in the day, I finished the series. I hadn't, I didn't even have the DVDs in my possession for a full 24 hours and I had finished it. <laughs> I, and I have, I've since not been able to do that. And well, one, cause I'm, you know, I'm like 33 and I'm like, okay, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> maybe, when I was like, <laughs> maybe when I was 21, I could do that, but but yeah. no show has hooked me in that well to where I'm like, I, I just, I have to keep watching. I have other things in my life right now, but I just, I, I, I'm, I have to keep watching. Otherwise that's all I'm going to think about. I won't be able to focus on anything. The, Dexter was the first and it was the last. Certain shows kind of come close. Nothing has gotten to where Dexter was for me. And it's such an imperfect show in terms of where it goes, but I will always remember the experience. And I rewatched it too. This is the one I told you, like I watched the first episode and I was like, all right. And then it just turned into me watching Dexter. It, like it, it works even now. Like, I, like I've rewatched it so many times. Even now I'm like, I'm, I'm, it still hooks me in and uh, it's just a, an amazing pilot and when you line up all the things it needs to accomplish the fact that it does it and does it to its perfection is amazing to me and um i i definitely whenever I, this is the first one i thought of when i thought of tv pilots i didn't think yeah. of any others uh, closely after that, I after thinking for a while, then I thought of like The Good Place and other Smallville and things like that. But this is the absolute only one I thought about. I was like, well, I know what my number one is. And when I thought about Good Place, I thought like maybe that might be number one. But watching them back to back, I was like, no, it's Dexter. It's Dexter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great pilot. Yeah. And a great, I mean, I don't know if it gets as far as Michael C. Hall goes. I'm having a hard time finding a better performance of his than him as Dexter. He's a great actor and he's great uh, six in Six Feet Under. That's Complete, another show because yeah, I really completely want to see different character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just shows you how great Michael C. Hall is at acting. But yeah. as far as I can tell, his his performance as Dexter is just. It is a masterpiece. And it series, is something. Yeah, he's acting with his wife. Yeah. Sister. And then halfway through, yeah. they get a divorce, and he still has to act with his ex wife. Yeah. And it's amazing acting from both of them. It's amazing. That usually doesn't work in Hollywood, but, but it did for this one. Yeah. 
yeah, on top of that, didn't he? He was. Um, yeah, and he got he was dealing with. Uh, he was dealing with cancer. Yeah, he he got lymphoma. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the worst he, kinds you can get. Yeah, he got. I think it was for season four, um, which is the best season, uh, where the big bad, the Trinity Killer, was played by the great John Lithgow. Yeah. In one of his best like most menacing roles mm -hmm. um that year they both won uh emmys um and i remember i remember that because and I, this is how i remember he had lymphoma it's because he he received it and he was wearing this really absurd big hat and i remember listening to a show in the morning this radio show and one of the hosts had no idea and was like making fun of them and the other host said hey uh that guy has lymphoma and there was just this, oh. thing like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh, I feel terrible. Um, yeah. So that's how I remember that specifically he yeah. had lymphoma, or he had lymphoma. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was like season four. Yeah. Uh, between season four and five. Yeah. He got that and he beat it. Wow. Great. And they're yeah. making a reboot or not a reboot, but a continuation. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully they correct uh, the ending because for me the only way to end a character like Dexter he has to die, right? You know, Some all, all the great connect, all the great like things that make you root for him. At the end of the day, he's still a serial killer. He needs to get caught or he needs to die. Because <laughs> oh yeah, I think he's definitely got to die for him to get caught. I think he's too yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say he's too smart to get caught because he's definitely. He definitely gets in situations that he shouldn't have been in. Yeah. And he can get out of them really well, which is why you like him. Yeah. Because he gets out of things so creatively and so well. And and that opening when he like, of, of the pilot, when he takes the guy and he drags him in and he shows him the body of all the kids he killed. And he just, he's like, he screams at him, open your eyes and look at what you've done. And he, and he makes him look at him and he's like, open your, and then, and then he just, and he doesn't open his eyes yet. And then he very like in his most menacing tone, which is so scary. He says, open your eyes or I'll cut your face off. And then he opens his eyes and then he, you know, and then he's like, I really, I understand it. I really do. Strangely enough, I I, I I sympathize, but kids, I can never do that. Not kids. Um, and that whole like killer with a code, for me, for me, that kind of kill, like that kind of character, he can't walk off into the sunset. No, he can't. You know, he can't have a happy ending, because we can't be. I hate to tell what storytellers can or can't do. But we can't make this guy a hero. You can't make a killer a hero. You just can't. Yeah. You know, he's got to have a proper ending. Yeah. You no, know, he's got his good parts. He's got his bad parts. But he's murdered so many damn people. He, he needs to. He he unfortunately needs to get his come up in the way all those other people have. Uh, yeah. That's the only logical way I saw it ending. And I think maybe they wanted to swerve so that it wasn't the ending. Like, oh, I kind of saw it coming. Um, but I mean, sometimes the obvious ending is the best. Um, anyway, um, so there's our lists. Uh, I 
I, I tell you, right now I'm like, I want to go, like, I'm really, I haven't eaten lunch yet. So I'm like, I got to go eat. But oh, no. But then I'm like, but do I want to watch Community first or do I want to watch Mr. Robot first? <laughs> or do you want to watch more Dexter? Or do, or do I want to watch more Dexter? Actually, part of me is like, wants to, I've been wanting to rewatch uh, Smallville for the longest time. Uh, but there's so many damn episodes. Oh, um, yeah. And some of them aren't really good. Um, yeah. Some of them are amazing. And some of them are good, which is why I'm happy they brought them in, in the uh, CW shows, which are great. Uh, when they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, I love, in addition to pulling in all the DC shows into one, like they're all in these different Earths. I like that they had a cameo from him and yeah. uh, and Smallville and mm-hmm. a little nod to that because without Smallville, there's no Green Arrow, there's no Arrow, there's no yeah. Flash, there's no Legends of Tomorrow, no Black Lightning. All these amazing shows uh, in some ways that are better than some superhero movies that come out. Um, yeah. They don't exist without Smallville. Anyway, so I've been wanting to rewatch that for a while. <laughs> That's the problem with all these TV shows. And I think will be a running theme in this season is there are so many great shows and I have only so many hours in the day. So true. So it's, there are so many great shows that I'm like, God, I haven't watched that yet. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's our lists. Um, let us know what you thought. If you have a list, uh, send them in, uh, podomania at yahoo.com uh, or leave us a message uh, if you like on Anchor. And um yeah, and if you do, uh, maybe we'll read it next time. Um, anyway, this has been a lot of fun, Sam. Uh, glad to be back yes. talking uh, stuff with you. Yeah, uh, great to be back. Yeah. So uh, until next month, uh, we'll see you guys later. Hey, everyone. It's Kevin here. I just want to give a big thanks to Otho Molina for providing the uh, royalty-free song. Um, He composed the song that is going to be our intro music for season two. Uh, I just randomly found him on YouTube. Uh, You can find him on YouTube at Otho Molina. And uh, thank you very much. And uh, please go check him out. And I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy this season. Thank you.